Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Welcome back to part two of uh, Tade Nellis. A testimony if you are watching us around the world on any television broadcasting networks we are on welcome and those listening on faith FM radio right here in Kitchener Ontario uh, last last statement Tade shared some powerful powerful uh, uh, things concerning him robbing the bank one of the statements that we picked up from there first was, uh, I didn't stop robbing banks because I became a nice guy. I just didn't enjoy being in prison. I love that. I love that. By the way, Tate has written a book concerning the, his journey, and the book is available right at KITV Network. Uh, go to the, you know, to the email you see right now email us we'll send you a copy and uh, we want you to read this account it is really a powerful powerful account it is a journey to redemption a journey to redemption paints an intimate portrait of a man desperately searching for himself and for his place in a world uh, 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 he found himself at odd with we got this book and I want you to read this book. Without further ado, I want to introduce or reintroduce my guest once again on Unstoppable Faith, Tade Nellis. Great to be with you, Kazumba. Thank you for having me. Man, I, I, just, uh, I, I just love even just sitting just with you listening to you, you know, <laughs> with all the calmness, share the testimony, Man, that is just uh, the anointing of God in your life, and God I'm thankful good. you came on this program. God is good. Thank you so much for having me. First, I just, I, I can't get away from uh, this statement. I did not stop robbing banks because I became a nice guy. Well, I just didn't enjoy being in prison. Tell yeah. us briefly about that. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely true. I'm being uh, totally transparent when I say that. I... I didn't know how to live any other way, and um, but but in crime and living on the street, and if I if I had thought that I would never get caught again, I would have carried on the rest of my life as a criminal, and so that's why I, I said that. And I, I was not when I when I came out of prison, I was not released from prison, a reformed uh, evangelical Christian. Although I shared the last segment that I did go to chapel services, I went forward and gave my life to Christ, and I meant it yes. at that time. I had the fear of the Lord yeah. in me in there, and mm -hmm. wonderful people in chapel services. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, but it was a temporary fix. Yes. It got me through the prison years. And once I was released, thank you very much. Thank you, God. I appreciate it. I'm good now. Well, I wasn't good. And you left. And I left. So we ended you uh, we ended on, a, on, on an account of you sharing the story concerning your former cellmate. Yes. Let's go back to there. Sure. So I was on my way to work one day, and, and there was a poster on a coffee shop door. I was going in to get a coffee. The name of the poster was Weekend of Compassion. And it was just describing this, this, this weekend of, of testimonies and ministry going on in a church just, just a few blocks from where I was living. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a, a picture of a gentleman on the poster, Come Hear the Incredible Testimony of Serge Leclerc. And he was a former cellmate of mine. And it was describing him, come here, the incredible testimony, and, and former millionaire drug lord, now, now a Christian. And, and I was looking at that poster, and I was, I was stunned, and I thought, I know that guy. Yeah. That, that was my old cellmate. We were only cellmates for three days. Yeah. But I knew him immediately, and I thought, Christian, sharing his testimony. So this is a dozen or so years after I've been, been released from prison. Never gone to church, never read the Bible, never read Christian books, but I knew him, and I knew I understood what the test, what the the, the poster was saying about testimony because I did go to church in prison. Mm -hmm. I, I felt that I had to go see him and hear his testimony, and I did. It was a couple of weeks later, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm about 33 years old at this point, 34, and uh, and we met in prison. He remembered me not well, but he remembered my face. Mm -hmm. We we were only cellmates for three days, yes. but, but, but we were in the same prison. Yes doing our time. He was serving 15 years, I was serving five. Mm -hmm. I was released years before he was. Mm -hmm. He remembered me, I certainly remembered him. We had, a, we had a quick dialogue before he got up to speak, and his testimony, just as I'm sharing with you and the viewers uh, today, moved me, moved me deeply. This was not the same man that I knew in prison. God had obviously done a, an incredible work in his life. Mm -hmm. I did not give my life to Christ that day under his ministry, but I was very inspired by what I had heard and seen, very encouraged about the things of God again, as I had been years ago when I was in prison. Um, but, I, but I went back to my old ways again. Mm. As moved as I was in the service that day, the years rolled by and I continued being a workaholic, alcoholic, going now into my late 30s, around 37. My, my marriage was a failed marriage. It was, I was about to be separated and I was just really very unhappy. Um, and I was, I was uh, running a cleaning business and one night in an empty doctor's building that I was cleaning, I uh, was channel surfing on my radio, just, just trying to, to to, to, to find something to listen to to keep me company. And I, I worked alone in empty, in empty buildings at night in my cleaning business. I happened to come across Christian Broadcasting, and I was listening to Focus on the Family. Mm -hmm. um, and Dr. James Dobson was, was still the director of the program in those days. Um, and at the end of the program, he invited anyone who had been listening to his radio broadcast to give their lives to Christ, so to surrender their lives to Jesus. And so there I was, 37 years old, in this empty doctor's waiting room, I fell to my knees then and there, Kazumba, that evening, 8 o'clock at night, 37. I fell to my knees in an empty doctor's waiting room, and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. This time, it was for real. I can't remember how long I was on my knees, but it felt like forever. I was, I was weeping. Uh, I, was, I was on my knees a long time doing business with myself mm -hmm. and doing business with God, mm -hmm. holy God, mm -hmm. who has sent his son to die for all of us. And I, 
I did business with God that night, and I cried out to God. I cried out to Jesus, whom I never really knew and um, had had maybe a religious experience uh, of some sort when I was in prison. I cried out to this God, God, if what I've been hearing about you is true, if you can do a work in my life, if you really can forgive me for everything that I've done, I will serve you to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. And all I can tell you is the man who walked out of the waiting room that night was not the same man who had walked in moments earlier and angry, soon to be divorced, ex-convict, alcoholic, workaholic had gone into that waiting room to do another night's work. Moments later, a born-again creation in Christ left that waiting room on fire for the things of God. Hallelujah. I knew I'd been forgiven. I knew I'd been forgiven because for the first time in my life I felt peace. Amen. You got to remember, I was all alone in a waiting room. This wasn't a church service. I wasn't surrounded by deacons and elders. There was no music in the background playing. It was very quiet. It was just quiet. It was just me and God. And I'm so grateful for that. Because it's because it, it marked the beginning of my journey of quiet time with God. Amen. 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 Wow. Now, your life after becoming... A Christian. Uh, I'm interested in that. Uh, your life after becoming a Christian, how was it? You know, I, I was 37 that night. I'm, I'm 60 now, so it's been 23 years. I was baptized um, three years later at 40. I waited to get baptized a long time because I was, I was afraid of it mm -hmm. in wow. some ways because I knew when I came out of those baptism waters, those waters of baptism, that my life would take on a new direction. It already had, incredibly, mm -hmm. after that, after I gave my life to Christ that night in the waiting room. And the three years following that, I, I, I went to church when I could, not often, because I was still working 80 hours a week in the cleaning business. And Sunday was my biggest day. So I was working 16, 18 hours a day on Sunday back in those days. I didn't get to church much, but I read the Bible all the time. And, and in my own way, my relationship with Christ was growing. I was deepening in my faith. And um, but but I but I knew when I got baptized, my life would radically change, and it did. So I was baptized three years later when I was forty, and when I came out of those baptism waters, I knew that that uh, Christ had set a new course for me. That my that my years of working, um, sixty and eighty hours a week were over. I was divorced at that time. You know, my marriage did not survive. I was I was living in a in a little one bedroom apartment, and. Um, um, but I knew when I came in those baptism waters, life would never be the same, and it hasn't. Um, opportunities to speak began to come. I didn't look for them. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, doing anything any different. But I, I, my, my, I cried out to God. I read, God, I don't, I don't mind working sixty and eighty hours a week, but I want to serve you. I want to make a difference for the kingdom. Amen. God, I, I'm an educated man, but if you could use me in some way. Mm -hmm. I would just delight in that, and that was my, my cry and my prayer in those days. And slowly, um, I began to be able to leave some of the contracts that I had. And my 80-hour weeks went down to 60, went down to 50, went down to 40, went down to 30. I, I started going to church regularly, and I got into small group study, met a woman then who is now my wife. We've been married almost 20 years, a good, Amen. good, godly woman. Amen. And I was no longer working those long weeks, and I had time to serve the Lord. I, uh, from, from age 40 to 50, I was very, very busy in outreach and evangelism, mm -hmm. um, feeding the poor and uh, the marginalized, working with, with uh, youth at risk. 
street gangs and whatnot. And then uh, when I turned 50, I felt the Lord really impress it on my heart to begin writing. Mm -hmm. I said, God, how can I write? I have a grade 8 education. I can't write. And that's my, my next question. Before we talk about the book, we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about what inspired you to write the book. And... Um, uh, your ministry as well, uh, uh, and where the people can get the book. I know we have them here uh, uh, at the studio, but there are, we've got a global audience watching or listening, uh, or those listening on podcasts, they would love to hear your website and everything. But my, my, my question here, uh, uh, before we talk about the book, is um, you even write here, uh, uh, possessing only a grade 8 education. So you wrote this book as well when you had only grade 8? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Only grade 8 yes. education. Yes. God has been using you only with grade 8 education. Yes. Because I, I, I've, I've looked you up on uh, things that you do. Uh, um, I've seen some incredible things and, uh, you know, ministries that have gotten you and, uh, you know, you are very articulate to release, you know, the Word of God. Mm. And now, uh, who inspires you with how did you... Because there are people, you know, watching right now who think they need to have uh, a doctorate degree. I went yes. to school for seven years, yes. you know. Um, not that I wanted to just be in school and uh, uh, get a doctorate degree, but for some of us, we just wanted to learn the Absolutely. word. Absolutely. But there are somebody listening to us out there. They think they cannot be used by God because they don't have an education. Is that true? Not at all true, and, and I love the portion of Scripture in the book of Acts. I believe it's in the second chapter. Speaking of Peter, when they were arrested again, and they said they were, they were uns, they perceived they had been with God. They were unschooled men. Described them as, un, Peter was an untrained, unschooled fisherman. Mm -hmm. Look how the Lord used him. Amen. Look how the Lord, and, and they said, because he had been, the, the scripture says, because he had been with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Had spent time with Jesus. Amen. I had spent time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That was enough. Mm -hmm. That was enough. Mm -hmm. I had spent time with God. I could only write that book mm -hmm. through the unction, the inspiration, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The moment we become Christians, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside us. Every time I sat down to work on that book, pen in hand or fingers on keyboard, I would pray to God, God, I cannot do this on my own. I'm not an education person. Please lead me in a way that I can make this book possible, to reach souls for Christ. I never wrote to be an author. I had no aspirations to be a writer or an author. I wrote to reach souls for Christ. Hallelujah. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creation. I didn't know how to do that except to write a book because I, I prayed that God would take the book into all the world. And so that I can only give all credit and glory to Jesus Christ for the ability to write that book. And the Lord has used it to do just that, reach souls for Christ. Definitely the Lord has used you significantly now. You've gone back to school. <laughs> and you'll be graduating from high school. This, this fall. fall. This fall. Fall of 2020, I'm graduating high school. I did it the other way around. I wrote the books first and then went back to school. I didn't go to school to learn how to write. I did all the work for God first. And then it, I was 59 when I went back to high school, sitting at a desk 59 in 59 years old. 59. 59. What inspired you? Share with our audience what inspired you to go back to school, and uh, and and then uh, we're going to talk about uh, the book.
uh, uh, you know, and some other stuff in there. What inspired you to go back to school? Twice in one year after speaking in, in churches, after a speaking engagement, it happened twice in one year, someone approached me afterwards and suggested that I go back to school. Once was a, a, a senior lady, maybe, maybe 70 years old, um, walked up to me and put her hand on my arm and she said, Oh, Ted, thank you for speaking and sharing with us today. She said, You know, you need to go back to school. That would be your testimony. I'd never heard that before. About six months later, a pastor said the same thing. Ted, you're never too old to go back to school. You should think about going back to school. So seeds were planted now, again. Wait, I know you're going to, you're going to, we got time here. Uh, people would be offended. Some people would be offended after you preach, after you share, and somebody comes to you and say, you need to go, to go back to school. They were yeah. not saying that because of what you were saying wasn't no, good, no. but some people would be offended, wouldn't they? I suppose they could be. Pride, pride could well up. I, I never was because I, I had always shared in my message mm -hmm. that, um, that God is not looking for ability. Mm -hmm. He's looking for availability. That's true. And I always shared that, and you alluded to that yes. moments ago, mm -hmm. that, that you know, God is, doesn't just use people with doctrines. No. There's nothing no. wrong with that. We no. need educated yes. individuals, but yes. that wasn't me. Yes. And so whenever I shared, I knew that in, in any audience I was speaking to, there were certainly a few individuals who were wondering what they could do for the Lord. Yes. Or, if they were unsaved, could God even accept me the way I am? And so I always said, God does not want your ability, He wants your availability. Amen. So I always shared that. So when people approached me after about going to school, they were just springboarding off of what I already said. Mm. I always said, I have no education. Yeah. If God can use me, mm. He can use anyone. Amen. And so I wasn't offended. Mm -hmm. they, were just, they were just carrying on with the thought that I had started. Mm -hmm. I was never ashamed of being yes. educated. I was never ashamed of being a criminal. That's who I was. You know what? I'll, man, you, that's why God is using you, and we're going to mm -hmm. find a way to work with you here. You know, one thing I've learned uh, uh, just from you is that uh, you're so unashamed of, uh, of, of God and sharing your story. And I'm looking, I'm like at 59, you know, the same way when you came into the office and we talked, we talked with you. One of the things that put a smile on you when you shared was, I'm graduating from high school. Yes. It yes. spoke to me. Yes. And I know our viewers from around the world, wherever you are watching, listening to this program, you, you know, you've been, uh, you, you feel like you are stuck, you know, you yes. can't move forward, you feel like you can't go back to school. It is never too late. It no. is never too late. Anyway, I, I, I'm not the one who's going to be preaching because I'm going to get Brother Tade. He's going to minister. He's going to pray. He's going to release the blessings of God. But for now, journey to redemption. This book, what is the central message that you want everybody out there to get from this book? Regardless of who you are, where you live, what you've done, what your past looks like, what your present circumstances are, you can come into a saving relationship to God, with God through faith in Jesus Christ right now. There is nothing any of us have done that cannot be forgiven. There is nothing, we've, nowhere we've been, nothing we've done that God cannot forgive us and give us a new life in Christ Jesus. I love 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Old things fall away. That night in that empty doctor's waiting room, my entire past fell away from me. I, I, I walked out free from alcohol, mm -hmm. free from my past. I was no longer chained to what I used to be. I was, I was heading into a life of who I would be in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's available for anyone. Mm -hmm. We can beat ourselves up. We can be our own worst enemies and, and second-guess God and second-get ourselves and, and, and have doubt. And I, I can tell you, in my early days of going to church, this is the truth. I would sit in my car in the parking lot and watch people walking into church and shaking hands and getting hugs from the greeters at the door, mm -hmm. and I would start to have a panic attack. Wow! Because I didn't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that I, I didn't feel worthy. I, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that I belonged with those people. Mm -hmm. I wanted what they had. I wanted those hugs. I wanted those good to see you again, Ted, and handshakes. I didn't feel feel like I was worthy of it because of my past. Mm -hmm. That's a lie from the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's not what God's word says. Mm -hmm. I love Ephesians. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's why we we are created. And so I I would even have panic attacks. If you're out there and that resonates with you mm -hmm. in some way, no. Know that that is just the enemy lying to you. God will welcome you with open arms and embrace you just the way you are. Now, somebody out there, they've been hiding in shame. Sure. They feel they are worthless. They feel God can't choose them. I just want you to take some time to pray. Uh, take some time to pray. Look in your camera there and uh, just uh, minister as the Lord uh, 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 you know, speaks to you and uh, pray for that sister, for that brother, for that couple, for that young man, young woman listening or watching this program. Sure. I'd be honored to do that. If you're watching this broadcast today, regardless of who you are, male, female, young, old, if, you, if you're carrying shame, if you're carrying doubt, if you're, if you're burdened down and bowed over with regret, of your past and your present circumstances, whatever it is, I want you to know right now that you can have a new life in Christ. And I would like to pray for you right now, wherever you are. If you're listening on a podcast, if you're if you're sitting at home watching uh, on the internet in some way, this this is this prayer is for you, and this this is from me to you. And please uh, quiet in your spirit, quiet in your mind and your soul right now, and and uh, avail yourself to what God has for you in His Son, Jesus Christ. Father, right now, I am praying for this individual. I am looking you in the eye, as it were, in the eye of the camera, but I'm coming right into your home, right into your private space. I'm praying for you that you would not let your past hinder you, that you would not let your present circumstances hinder you. I'm praying right now that you will be feeling a supernatural work going on inside of you, that maybe you've been running from Christ for a long time. Maybe you've given this God thing a go in the past, as I did in prison, and walked away. Whatever it is you've done, wherever you've been, right now I'm praying that you would still, still the, the voices in your head that are telling you you're not worthy. And know this, you are worthy. You are more than worthy. God's Word says, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to get it all together first. You don't have to clean up your life first. Yes. You don't have to show up sparkling new and have it all together. You can come to Christ right now. I'm praying that you will do that. I'm praying that you will 
renew your relationship with Jesus Christ yes. right now, that you will that you will pray a simple prayer, Father, I know I've fallen short. Yes. I know I'm not who I want to be, but I know I can be who I want to be yes. and who you want me to be by the power of the Holy Spirit right now, God. I know that you can come into my life, and I'm praying that right now. I'm praying for forgiveness. Yes, I'm praying for redemption. Yes, I'm praying for a new start in life. I'm Jesus. praying for, for, for a second chance because you are a God of second chances. Yes, you are a God who doesn't give up on anyone. As long as the breath of life is in us, we have the time to come into a relationship with you. Yes, Lord. The criminal on the cross in his last breath, yes, Lord. Christ saved him and yes, said, Lord. Tonight, assuredly, you will see me in paradise. Yes, Lord. That criminal on the cross had no time to get his life together. Yes, he was perishing. Mm -hmm. And we never know how much time we have. You don't Jesus. know, listener. Yes, you Lord. don't know, viewer, how yes. much time you have. You don't know that you will have tomorrow. Yes. None of us do. Now is the time of salvation. Yes, Today is the day yes, of salvation. Today. This moment is your yes. moment. This is the, a divine encounter. Yes. God is speaking to you right mm -hmm. now. Yes. Now is the time to bow your head, yes, to Lord. come to a saving relationship Jesus. to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. He died for you. He gave His life for you. He loves you yes. that much that He gave His life for you. We are all guilty sinners. You, we are all condemned to death. Death waits no one. Yes. All of us, all of us will one day draw our last breath. Ten out of ten people die. Where will you be on that great day when you stand in front of the Lord and give an account of yourself? Today, you have heard the truth. Today is the day for you to get right with Christ. I pray that you do that today. Escape from the shame. Escape from the dread of the past. Escape from your present circumstances. The road is not always easy. My road the last 23 years has not always been easy. But it's been a glorious road. It's been a road that I would travel over and over and over a hundred times. I'm so thankful for the work that God did in my life through His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants to do the same work with you right now. Yes. I pray that you will accept this in faith, yes. that you will come to a saving relationship to God through His Son, yes. Jesus Christ, today. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. We do not serve Jesus. I do not preach, or Teddy do not preach, because we're good enough. We preach and we do what we do because the goodness of God has consumed our lives. You may be there. Don't beat yourself down because of your past or the shame. Tend to Jesus as, uh, as our brother Tate has prayed. Tend to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Begin to seek a way forward with God. And today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your deliverance and a new chapter in your life. Before we go, I want to ask you one question. I think uh, we got a few minutes here. One question. Self beat down from the past. If you were to advise one person how to overcome self beat down from mm -hmm. the past, what would be the word that you'd say to them? Again, that Second um, Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're not. You're not. You're not just improved a little bit from the old. The old has fully passed away, and you are a new creation in Christ. Christ will give you a new heart and a new mind, and a new inspiration and a new heart to do His will. And that that would be my 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 word for anyone who is struggling with their past and feeling beaten down. I struggled with my past for thirty seven years. For 37 years, wow. I, it, it, I couldn't. I couldn't earn enough money to escape it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't drink enough alcohol mm -hmm. 
to, 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 to get to escape it. Only the forgiveness of Jesus Christ Amen. set me free from that past. Amen. And he did give me a new heart Amen. and a new mind mm -hmm. and a new soul yes. to live for him. Amen. When I found the forgiveness of Christ, everything fell off of me. Mm -hmm. It is the best antidote, the best mm -hmm. medicine, the, be the best anything that anyone could take. In these days of the pandemic, when yes. there's so much uncertainty That's right. and, 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 so, and so much anxiety and fear and tension in the world, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. Jesus Christ Amen. is the source of all Amen. we need. Mm -hmm. Not doctors. Mm -hmm. not, not anything else. Yes, but Jesus. And Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for watching Unstoppable Faith. Uh, we're so glad to the Lord you know, for his provision for us to come into your home, around the world, or into your car through radio. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep a, a watch over you. And may the Lord provide for you. Continue watching Unstoppable Faith and we'll continue bringing you incredible testimonies and the Word of God. Our goal and our passion is to bring you the word that is going to shape your unstoppable faith in life so that you can serve Jesus passing through every storm knowing Jesus is the anchor of your soul. God bless you. Until then, Shalom, Shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.